Welcome to the Montague Reporter Podcast. I'm excited to be here with Jeff Singleton, who is a news writer for the Montague Reporter. Hi, Jeff. Thanks for being here. How are you doing? Let's start with the question of Montague Town Government. That's your beat. Yep. How is the, the town of Montague dealing with the coronavirus outbreak in town? Um, well, you know, it took a while, uh, a couple of meetings for them to sort of get into it. Um, I think the governor's order about, what, mid, mid-March, making an emergency order, really pushed them to declare an emergency on it and close down town hall, in a sense, right, at least to public access. And so they had to, all the departments had to adapt to that while trying to keep the departments, all the various departments in town government going. And I think my overall opinion about this, uh, which is influenced by my own history, my own biases, and then what I'm seeing is that uh, they're doing a, a very good job, in some cases, a kind of a remarkable, heroic job while sort of providing the services. There's also a lot of variations between departments in terms of how this affects them. For example, I think it it, uh, affects the public health department uh, a lot more because this is a public health emergency. It affects the treasurer, which has a constant interaction with the public. Whereas, for example, the building department, which does building inspectors, inspections, excuse me, already had a lot of stuff online. You could practically do all your applications for building inspections and ask questions over the phone or online even before this thing. So they were sort of a little bit more, I don't want to say prepared, but it had less of an impact. Uh, There's also all kinds of unexpected impacts in terms of uh, town meetings, scheduling the town election, both of which they postponed at the last meeting. So I think they're doing a pretty amazing job, quite frankly. I noticed that you attended your last Montague Select Board meeting virtually. Yep. Can you talk about how uh, your reporting has changed and how your beat has changed throughout the coronavirus crisis? Not a huge amount, actually, believe it or not, because they have an app. It was originally something called GoToMeeting, and uh, now we do Zoom. And... uh, Basically, you know, you can you can ask questions of the board. Um, you can uh, your pictures up there so they can actually see you. I can't see all of them. You know, it's pretty good. And I can call up, which I normally do. I usually call up the town administrator or various departments if there's something I'm not clear about the next day and ask them. So I would say roughly 75 percent of it. Um, is pretty much the same. The only difference, and I'll try to keep it short, is I I use MCTV, the local public access station, um, a lot because I like to quote extensively from the tape. It's something that I think my reporting differs a little, for example, from the Greenfield Papers coverage. Uh, I like to give extensive quotes, and I need to be able to take those off the tape. And it's been a little tough for MCTV to download and upload Zoom thing. I think that's going to improve over the next few weeks, but that's probably the big, oddly enough, that's the biggest difference. The rest, I can do pretty much what I do on Zoom and calling up departments. What's your general strategy for reporting 
it sounds like you you have like a multi-step process for reporting on town government. Can you like walk us through that? One of the things that myself and my editor, Mike Jackson, uh, try to do is take one of the issues that comes up and kind of headlines that issue as the, as the most interesting or important. And we'll run the headline around that and we'll expand a little on that. And I'll usually try to do some background research. You know, if it involves, for example, a state policy, I will try to give a little background on the state policy that reflects. If it involves a local controversy, uh, I'll try to give some background on the local controversy. Um, you know, we had a, a, a very contentious hearing on a dog that bit a child here about three months ago. Dog hearings can be very controversial. And I did some background research on uh, state policy on dangerous dogs and how different cities and towns apply those. And then I threw that into the article. So it made the beginning of the article, you know, 500 words of a, of a 1,000 word or 1,200 word article. So that's the kind of process is a little more research, highlight a particular issue. Um, then you have to just sit down and write it. And then John, uh, Mike Jackson and I go through, generally go through, go through it together. We've cut back on that a little bit now, but we'll go line by line and edit it. Um, and this is a great, great thing for me because I used to do a lot of academic writing um, and I really didn't have any editing, any editor telling me what to do. Um, and I thought the writing suffered from it. Um, I think uh, getting an editor, a good editor, which Mike is, in my opinion, and being able to develop a good relationship you know, it's an incredible gift for me as a policy guy and as a writer. It's an incredible gift. And uh, I'm really, it's one of the big things about my life at the Montague Reporter that I value. Ongoing praise for Mike Jackson. Well, it's a very personal thing. You know, I'm not just saying yeah. that to kiss his butt. I'm saying that because it's been great for me. And it's one of those, it's one of those unexpected things. I mean, I know a lot of people in and around town that want to try to write and like to write. And, you know, one of the great things is having an editor that you can work with. It's, and by the way, if you want to try to write, there are opportunities at the Montague Reporter to do that and to have some editing interaction. That's one of the beauties of that paper. Yeah. And I'm just going to put this out there. If anyone who's listening to this would like to learn how to make podcasts or thinks they can help improve this podcast, please get in touch with me. There you go. So, Jeff, can you tell us how you ended up with the Montague Town Government Beat and how, in general, how did you end up at the Montague Reporter? So I moved to Montague from Somerville. and mm -hmm. uh, Which is near, near Boston. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a sort of a working, or it used to be a working class suburb of Boston. I don't know what the population is. It's... Turner's Falls times 20. It's a, it's a working class, uh, middle class suburb of Boston, tightly packed. I went to Tufts, a lot of Tufts, uh, and then I went to Boston University for my PhD, and then I taught um, at Boston College. Um, and a lot of us, you know, migrated to places like Somerville where the rents were good and that kind of stuff. I moved out here um, mostly to raise my son and with my partner, uh, and she'd been to UMass. So we moved to uh, moved to Montague, lived in Montague Center, et cetera. Throughout this whole thing, I was always a political junkie and a policy junkie. 
I'm a 60s guy. I have been since the 60s. So that was me. So when I got out here, I immediately got on town meeting. I, I got on town meeting and I got on uh, I got on the finance committee, actually became chair of the finance committee for a few years. And uh, during that time, there was a big controversy over the local access television station, mm -hmm. which was given to Greenfield by the select board and a group of us, uh, including David Detmold and a few others. He was probably the bigger leader of it than I was, fought to get it back to Montague, which we eventually did. In the process, MCTV uh, was not the local access station, but got a bunch of money uh, for their last payment. And they were no longer running the station, but they were owed about 12 grand by uh, Comcast. So MCTV had about $12,000. And this is... Uh, this is news that's never come out, and uh, there may be legal issues here, but I don't care. Uh, <laughs> MPTV had about 12 grand, and David Detmold, who, you know, had always run, I guess, had for a while wanted to run a local newspaper, maybe even had done it. Uh, David, as, as some people, most people know, was a local Terrence Falls activist, uh, came to the Montague Reporter and said, I want to start a newspaper. Can you give me some money to do that? Um, I was originally not in favor of it, oddly enough, um, pretty outspoken. And the reason was simply I'd seen a lot of local community newspapers uh, started by left-wing activist types like David, and they burned out within two months because it was so much work and so hard, and you had to get the advertising for it. I mean, it was just, it was brutal. And I just never seen any of them succeed. Uh, but I got overruled at MCTV, gave David the money, and um, it worked out. Uh, he managed to sell a bunch of subscriptions, get a bunch of local advertisers, etc. And so then I wound up, as time went on, starting to write for the paper itself and starting to cover local uh, local stuff on it. And I've been doing it ever since. And then David retired. And another beauty of the paper is that the founder and the guy that was indispensable, David Demmel, retired, and the paper kept going under Michael Jackson. So that's a, that's a remarkable thing. And now it's been around for about, uh, what are we, 20 years almost now. Yeah, it was founded in um, 2002. Somewhere in there, yeah. Yeah, so we're almost there 20 years. I mean, it's remarkable. And I'm sure you've seen a lot of changes over the years. Oh, uh, yes and no. I mean, I think it's uh, in the paper, you mean? Yeah, in the paper and in town. Uh, in the paper and in town. Yeah, I think the paper has become, I mean, obviously Turner Falls has been changing in terms of being much more of a, a destination to some degree, for better or worse, it's gentrifying a little bit, although I think there's a strong effort to try to maintain affordable housing, particularly with the Housing Authority and, and some of the other low-income housing organizations here and Montague Catholic Social Ministries and so forth, the Brick House. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, the paper reflects the diversity and has reflected the changes in uh, the town, I think. And it's done a pretty good job of it. Jeff, is there anything else that you want to say on the podcast? Uh, yeah, there's a million things, but I, uh, I'm glad you asked me about all this stuff. And, you know, for me, just speaking again on a personal level, as an academic writer before, it's just amazing to me to to, to actually write stuff that people read and sometimes they react negatively and sometimes they react positively, but to have, 
I mean, when you write academically, you can be pretty influential, but you often write things that maybe 100 people in your little cottage industry uh, field read. And when you do it here, this is as big a population that it, it, you know, you get some feedback on it and it's just unbelievable. What kind of feedback have you gotten? Well, I mean, sometimes people don't like it, but that's good, you know? And then sometimes, uh, I mean, I wrote an article about a bus trip I took to Boston to see if I could take all the buses and get to Boston just on public transportation buses. And then I wrote this mildly amusing article about it. I was a little nervous that it made people who rode buses that it was making fun of them. So I tried to tone that down a little, but it was humor in it. And, I, and it took each bus ride, it took one one to like Athol, and the one from Athol to Gardner, and the one from Gardner to the train station in Fishburg, and then the train ride uh, to Cambridge. And, and I went through each one. And I wrote it, and I edited it, and you just don't know. You don't know when you write something whether it's any good and how it's going to be received. Well, that article, first my editor said, that's one of the best articles we've ever had in the paper. And I kind of fell out of my chair. I mean, I just didn't. And then people started complimenting. People started complimenting. And people were coming out. A couple of people came out of the, the damn uh, post office in, in Montague said, oh, I read that article. It was great. And I'm like, I'm really glad. you." I mean, I was kind of taken aback by it. So that, you know, there are negative experiences, too, and criticisms. But that, that that's helpful, too, that you're putting yourself out there and you're going to make mistakes and get criticized. So it comes with the territory. Right. So there you go. Maybe this can be a preview for a future episode in which you and I talk about your involvement, journalistic and otherwise, on advocating for public transportation. Yeah, we could talk about some of the specific policy issues. I mean, we didn't really get into that, but uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, let's talk about that sometime. Let's do it. Yeah. Thanks, Sarah. Um, This has been great. Yeah, so thanks for coming on the podcast today. Thanks for doing it. Thank you for listening to the Montague Reporter Podcast. Thank you to Blue Dot Sessions for the music. Big thanks to Greenfield Community Television, as always, for technical support and equipment. If you like the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review and feel free to share it on social media. You can read the Montague Reporter newspaper at montaguereporter.org You can also subscribe on our website or make a donation. We'll be back with a new episode soon. If you would like to reach out, please do. You can email us at podcast at montaguereporter.org or give us a call at 413-863-8666